Welcome to 10 Minute Talks. I'm your host, Lane Pfeiffer, and if you're looking for a short podcast that leaves you wanting more, you're at the right place. On 10 Minute Talks, we discuss any and all topics that affect both the people and the world around them. Most episodes will bring on a guest star to join in on the conversation is either affected by, knowledgeable of, or against the topic at hand. So now that you know what our little show is about, sit back, grab your favorite snack or drink if you will, and enjoy the ride, because it's about to get interesting. On February 23rd, unarmed 25-year-old Ahmad Arbery, an African-American, was jogged on the side of a road near Brunswick, Georgia, when he was fatally shot and killed by two armed men in a pickup truck. Travels with Michael and his father, Gregory. No arrests or reports were made for 74 days until video footage and murder went viral. According to police reports, Arbery was seen in the Satilla Shores neighborhood, where residents claimed that there had been break-ins. However, there were no reports of burglaries happening in the neighborhood around the time. He was walking around a home under construction before he began jogging around the neighborhood, which immediately triggered calls to 911. Former cop Gregory and Michael claimed to have been standing in his front yard when he saw what he believed was a burglar. Him and his son, Travis, then grabbed a handgun and a shotgun, jumped into the truck, and began following Arbery. Several minutes later, Travis shot Arbery three times and left him to die in the street. Critics believe that arrests were not made until recently due to the fact that Travis's father, Gregory, is a former police officer from the same department that is investigating the case. In fact, according to the father's connections with the law enforcement, two district attorneys removed themselves from the investigation due to the interest of conflict. The McMichaels claimed they were acting out in self-defense and making a citizen's arrest. However, if you look at the video footage caught by William Roddy Bryan, it's obvious that Ahmad, if anyone, is trying to defend himself. After all, he is unarmed. Not to mention, according to Georgia law, where you are allowed to detain someone that is a citizen, as long as you believe that they've committed a crime, you cannot use excessive force. Travis and Gregory were using excessive force. You see, Ma would have turned 26 years old last Friday, and in honor of his birthday, citizens all over the U.S. ran or walked 2.23 miles in order to give tribute. To the friends and family of Ahmad, here at Tim and Talks, we want you to know that our thoughts are with you during this time. I know it doesn't get easier. Ahmad was only 25 years old when he died, and he had his entire life ahead of him. He was never able to fall in love, become a husband or a father. He will never be able to hug his mother, his father, his best friends, or do what he loved most. Run. You see, Ahmad's story is like so many others. Tamar Rice, Trayvon Martin, Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, Sandra Bland, Charles Kinsley, Sean Reed, along with hundreds, thousands of others. Every year, countless young lives are lost to gun violence. In fact, according to the article Gun Violence Statistics, black Americans are ten times more likely than a white American to be murdered by firearms. Not to mention, they are four times more likely to be injured in a gun assault. Black men make up 52% of the gun homicide victims, despite the fact that they make up less than 7% of the U.S. population. But let's not forget that each day, 100 Americans die from gun violence. In fact, Americans are 25 more likely to die from firearms to residents in other countries. This has been an ongoing problem for decades now. The thing is, black people shouldn't have to fear for their lives or their safety. They shouldn't have to be scared any time an officer pulls them over. They shouldn't have to give their kids a talk about racism. They shouldn't have to go through these kinds of things. Every human, regardless of race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or gender identity, should be treated equally, and that is something I stand by. Hear me out, but if Maude was a white man, these 911 calls would have never been made. Maude would still be alive and would now be 26. As his father Marcus said in an interview recently, this was your modern-day lynching. 
Well, I wish I could sugarcoat this, it's just simply not possible. The death of Maude and so many others was nothing other than a hate crime. According to the United States Department of Justice, 59.6% of hate crimes are committed based on race and ethnicity. 18.7% are towards religious views, and lastly, 16.7% are geared towards sexual orientation. I don't know about any of you listening, but lately I've seen a number of deaths taking place all across the world these last few weeks that are hate crime related, and to be truthful with you, we can we can all put an end to this once and for all. We can give Ahmad and so many others the justice that they deserve if we bring our voices together, no matter how different we are from one another, and stand up for what is right. Ahmad was a human being, just like you and I. He had dreams, goals, ambitions like the rest of us. He had a kind heart, a smile that could light up any room, and love to run. So today, if you can, or any day possible, put on your sneakers, grab a water bottle, and run. Run for a mod. So with that being said, allow me to introduce my friend, senior Mona Estes. Hi, Mona. Thanks for coming on to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you for asking. Um, quick question. Are you familiar with the Ahmad Arbery case? Yes. Okay. Um, can you tell me about how you first reacted when you heard about the case? Well, I mean, I feel like we've kind of been desensitized to things like this. So when I saw it, it was just kind of a disappointed but not surprised, which I hate to say. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. And, uh, Ever since that case, I mean, I see uh, things like that happen all the time on my news feed, but these last few weeks, it's been more frequent. Um, I don't know if you've seen that at all, but that's how it's been for me. Yeah, most definitely. I see a lot more on my timeline now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, how did the news of the case affect you as a woman of color? Well, at first, you know, I was upset about it because clearly it's something to be upset about. But I thought that, you know, police action was being taken. And then when I found out that it had happened months earlier and it was just now getting media coverage and it wasn't even by news channels, it was by teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, who want this for this man, mm-hmm. I, I was upset because it kind of made me feel like black lives don't matter to the public or to the police. Right. And I totally agree because, um, um, so this is purely just a hate crime, and I hate having to say that, but it's just, uh, it's not something I'm surprised about, of course, but it's very um, devastating, for sure, especially to see the number increase throughout these last few weeks, you know? Yeah, exactly. It is a really tough thing to see. Do you believe that racism still lives today in America? Um, I definitely do. I definitely think that there are significantly less opportunities in every part of the world for minorities or for people of color. I completely agree with that. Thank you so much. Um, I'd also like to take a moment for thanking you for actually coming onto the show and talking about this. I know it's a very um, a sensitive topic um, for everyone. So uh, thank you so much for doing this, Mona. <laughs> of course. I mean, it's something that someone needs to speak about. yes. Um, Can you tell me how racism has affected you? Well, um, for the most part, I've had, like, you know, the occasional slur, but we live in a pretty accepting town from most of my high school experience, at least. Uh, The worst part of racism that I suffer from personally is 
American beauty standards because black women have been told their whole lives that their features are ugly and their hairstyles are ghetto until a white woman does the exact same thing and it kind of just makes us feel lesser than. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's awesome that you brought that up, actually. Uh, So thank you for that, actually, so much. Um, Is there anything else that you want to mention for the interview at all? Um, Well, mostly I just want to remind everyone listening that we as people have the power to get justice when there is injustice in the world. We just need to know how to use it and we need to speak up about things and not be scared of what people are going to think if we say something. Yes, 100%. Thank you for that. That was awesomely said. Um, Thank you again for coming on to the show. I had such a fun, 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 fun time interviewing you. This was amazing, Mona. Of course. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, that's our show. See, I told you, sweet and savory. Feel free to tune back in next week for another episode. As always, stay informed, stay interesting, and be kind to others.